suddenly changed pace through the centre. It's Burkamp. That's magnificent. The move, and then this, which left Dabby's ass totally stranded. Hello, and welcome. We are a Burkett Wonderland, and we're also an Arsenal podcast. My name is Chris. I am your host for this evening's affairs. We're quite happy at the moment. We're quite happy. We're, 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 we're having lovely times in the sunshine. Well, sun's kind of gone, but, you know, we were having a lovely time in the sunshine at the weekend. And we're still loving life as we are currently top of the league. I say we, not me, Josh and Carl, the Arsenal. But I will introduce Josh and Carl because we're going to talk about the Arsenal. So uh, first, in the top right-hand corner, a little under the weather tonight, I think it's fair to say, Josh. Um, Are you close to death? Are you in the red zone? Are you somewhere in between? What's, what's, What's the deal? I think what it is, is I'm just feeling dizzy from Arsenal being top of the league after three games. I've not been like that for a while. Um, yeah, the best of us. otherwise I am persevering through like the trooper I am. Um, what can I say? It's because Judas has left us. And I'm sure we'll speak about, um, and should Dan, uh, well, Carl will speak about he who should not be named um, deciding to miss what is it? This a second one in the row? Oh, we, we, yeah, we, we're referring to the fat man here, PHA. We we are Judas. Yes, Ju- Judas. Yes, yes. Uh, Isn't Judas. he moonlighting? Carl, yeah, he's elsewhere. Seen <laughs> <laughs> seen as you spoke up there, Carl. Uh, I don't know. I don't know what what do we know? Didn't he say he was going to the pub or something for dinner? Like he's becoming all social and shit. I don't. I don't. I'm not comfortable with Danny in in society. Your thoughts, Carl? Um, you know, surely. He should have to sign some sort of register when he leaves. What register that is, I let you like decide. But um not touching that. Or he should be on some sort of he should be on some sort of leash that like, can only go so far and mm. then we have to wind his chair back in, like because Yeah. Yeah, Danny being on social is not good for I mean, not good for us, uh, obviously, but society as a whole, you know, no one wants to see Danny outside. No, Loki's out with him though, he's on another pod. So, I mean, that's, to be fair, that's even worse. I mean, you know, literally leaving behind his own bread and butter to, to moonlight somewhere else. That's that's poor, it's poor behaviour. What I we mean, need is, is Danny's chair. Do you remember Do you remember in the late 80s, early 90s and remote control cars before Bluetooth and they had like a wire on them and, mm. and you had to, that's what we need. That's, that's what we need. Go on, Josh. Yeah, I was going to say it's something similar to that or, um, you know, other people on this podcast have been known to moonlight on other podcasts, but we never did it on the day of ABW. Thank you. That's all I'm saying. Yes. We've never done I, it then. I, I am host of another podcast, but I always I'm do it just, on a Monday. And I I'm always do it for this one. Danny could, we could put Danny out on loan. The transfer window is still open and we are True. open to bids. I mean, what do you say? Packet of hobnobs? <sighs> half half a packet out there or actually no not even half a packet you know like when you drop them and then there's that sort of collection of just crumbs in the bottom when you get to the last biscuit that kind of yeah or or the biscuit that breaks in the tea you know one of those 
feel like we're going um, piece here a little bit, but um, you know, that's fine. That that's fine. You know, we've got the Danny slander out of the way. Uh, let's let's talk about why we're actually here, which is of course Arsenal. So let's get into it, gents. We've got a lovely fragrant menu for you this evening, which I shall launch into immediately. Carl, I shall come to you first of all, sir. We went to Brentford. Uh, Brentford. We, we did that a few weeks ago. No, last season. We went to Bournemouth. All the bees, and we see what I did there. <laughs> Didn't even mean to. We went to Bournemouth in the sunshine on a Saturday night. I think all of us were. We said on this podcast last week we needed to keep the the momentum going. We needed to keep the the three points coming in, and a performance wouldn't have gone amiss either. We got both. What was your overall thoughts on an unchanged lineup and a, a delicious victory on the south coast? I mean, it had everything written in it, didn't it? It had, you know, down by the seaside, Saturday evening, sun setting. It was just like if you could have asked for a perfect game, it would have been that. Maybe not at um, Bournemouth grounds, but because it's like tiny, but it was just everything you wanted sun shining. By the sea, just lovely. And I think um, Arsenal definitely enjoyed their time down by the seaside. The, the team lineup I thought was really, really good because we're keeping a consistent team and it's not something we've done for a very long time. And the fact that we've got competition for places all over the pitch for me is really, really good because you need people to fight for their place. When someone knows that they're guaranteed a game every single week, I guess sometimes they play a little bit complacent and they feel that even if they play badly, they're still going to get in the next game. And I feel like these Arsenal boys think or know that if they don't play well, there is someone waiting in the wings to come and take their place, which I think is really, really good. Um, the game itself, just briefly overview, was the first half was fantastic. Absolutely brilliant. Is there's, I feel like we should have scored and could have scored more. And obviously the two goals that we scored in the first half were just brilliant because we were under no pressure. And I feel like Bournemouth are definitely going to struggle this season because the first, if the first half goes by anything, they were just there to be rolled over. We were passing the ball around, spraying the ball around, people going on runs up and down the pitch, taking shots. You know, it was just, if you could ask for a perfect first half, I think that was as close to it as humanly possible. Um, Martin Odegaard getting two goals in the first half. You know, I think that's something that even he admits himself that he's got to improve on in his game, in scoring goals. And, you know, he's got two in one game, which is really, really good. Um, and I loved... I, I noticed there's a really good interplay between Thomas Partey and Granit Xhaka. I feel like they're understanding each other a little bit more now because Thomas Partey's not really interested in getting forward. He knows his job. He knows he is... a deep-line playmaker, defensive midfielder, whatever you want to call it. But he knows his job is to stop attacks and pass the ball on. That's all he's interested in. I feel like his game has been more simplified, which I feel is brilliant for us because he can let all the other players go forward and play football, basically. If he knows he's the stopper, and I don't want to call him a stopper because I feel like that's unjustified to him because his game is more than that because his passing, I feel, is really good as well. Um, the defence, the partnership between Saliba and Gabriel, I think is really good now. And I think it, by every single game, it's growing more and more and more. When Tommy Yasu comes back in on his um, back to full fitness, I guess it gives Arteta a good headache 
on who he plays, whether it's Saliba, Gabriel or Ben White in the middle, which again, I would rather have that problem than not having anyone to play there. Um, Saka doing the runs, um, I still feel he's maybe just a little bit off this season, but in time that will come brilliantly. And I don't know what else to say about Gabriel Jesus that hasn't been said already. I think that man is literally the missing piece to our jigsaw. He's so good. And the assist for, um, or I guess the first layoff for the um, first goal just says everything you need to know about Gabriel Jesus. He's literally so good. And I'm so happy we've got him. Yeah, yeah. I think the biggest challenge we're going to have on this podcast this season is is to talk about other players, excluding Gabriel Each week, and it's going to be quite a challenge. But we'll we'll do our best. Josh, you're you're a big fan of of Martino Um He's he's a player who I, I think I think it's I think it'd be unfair to say he got stick in the first couple of games, but a few people sort of questioned. You know, is his output going to be there? Is he going to get enough goals? Um, you know, is, is he going to provide that threat that we need kind of in behind, if you will? And he he got the two goals. He's influential. I didn't think it was a, a massive, um, what's the word? Oh, how do I put this? I, I, I thought it was quite obvious when he went off. We actually lost a bit of our flow, which kind of, I mean, the game was won at that point. Mm. But it kind of just, just displays how important he is to this team. What's your kind of thoughts? Did you have any any doubts at all about his form or how he would settle into this side, or, or did those goals just kind of reaffirm what you already knew? Uh, I would say I think his big issue is that kind of missing that selfishness that mm. we've seen him when he's had opportunities to score, even in the three games that we've seen uh, in the league. There's been opportunities for him to have a shot on target, and he's not taken it. And to be honest, when you see his second goal and he takes it off Jesus's foot, I think Martin Odegaard of even last week would have said, yeah, actually, I'm going to stand off. Jesus, you have it. But he saw the opportunity. And clearly, you can see that there is progression, not only with the manager, but with players within the squad as well. They are developing. They're all young players. And we can see them moving through and improving. Um I'm not sure I'd necessarily agree with Carl and what I see from Saka. Um, I think right now, our left-hand side is so strong and so aggressive. It's not leaving Saka um, isolated, but I would say everybody knows he was our danger man. When you think about it, when you've done any research on Arsenal for last season, Saka was the man. You need to shut him down. That's where, That's how you stop Arsenal. Certainly was for the last 10 games of last season. And I think it's still the same tactic there that he's being double up top. Um, yeah, he's being doubled up. And so not necessarily being able to influence the game as much. But we're still seeing those second, third passes before a goal, before a chance. They're most likely coming from him or he's got some involvement in our build-up play. And the same goes for Odegaard. That we are so... We've got so many different strings to our bow right now. And I would say with what we've got with Odegaard, he is... He was my choice for who should have been captain because you can see what he's got there. And yeah, he doesn't necessarily in. And I would say in the very short snippets of maybe 30 seconds to two minutes of a 15 minute to 30 minute half time that we saw of all or nothing, he was very quiet. We don't know what he says on the training ground. We don't know what else he says in the dressing room. And to be honest, a lot of the people probably 
saying, oh, why is Odegaard our captain? Probably wouldn't have Xhaka as our captain either, who was the most vocal in those clips. Um, so, yeah, I think there is a reason why he's our captain. You can see how important he is to us. And I think as soon as we got that game fundamentally won after um, yeah, 20 minutes or so, that we could see that maturity in our game just to kind of shut up shop. We still started creating. You know, we still kept. We were kind of like you know the school bully. I mean, we had our arm outstretched on the forehead of Bournemouth while they were swinging, doing windmills underneath us and not really putting too much um, to us. And when we needed to, we'd go and push forward and we'd pick a third goal just to just to roll them back and uh, put them back in their place. But I would say that Bournemouth will cause a few upsets, um, especially if you're managed by a former um, golden generation um, England midfielder, shall we say. Um, we'll roll around when Everton comes in, but yeah. He's, he's earned his stripes according to his jacket. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. I, I do agree with that. Fair play, tip of the hat to Kiefer Moore, by the way, who worked his nuts off for little or no reward all day. Fair play to him. I think when you talk about the the captaincy and the overall kind of leadership in the team, I think it's overlooked in the modern era that you you don't get captains like you used to. It's not about the John Terry's, the dare I even say the Harry Maguire's. <laughs> Remember him. People like that. It's not about just barking orders and shouting at people and, you know, pointing in random directions. Two of the greatest leaders that I think this club's had in the modern era Patrick Vieira, Gilberto Silva, almost polar opposites in terms of personality. But anyone that you talk to who knew Patrick Vieira behind the scenes will tell you he was actually quite a quiet, you know, private person. He wasn't He wasn't all about that. I think it's just the fact that on the pitch he led by example and was a bit more vocal. And Gilberto was very much a, you know, an Erdegaard without the without the sort of number 10-ness, if you will. He was He quietly went about his business. He could mix it. You know he could put a foot, he could put a foot in and and make a challenge, no doubt about it. But he led by example, and that's what I feel like Odegaard is doing. Just before we go on to our next subject, I'll just say hello to a couple of people because I'm nice like that. Um, we've got Pete Coulson in there, Paul Neal, um, Jace, Jace Schrader's in there. Hi, Jace. Hope you're well. Uh, some bloke called Danny. Uh, I I I, ca- I can't. I just can't. We'll just move on from that. Sai, uh, Loki, Yusuf Ali, uh, Josh Page was in there earlier on, Mo Falla, which always makes me chuckle when I see that name, and our own Nick Wilson, and I'm sure many others. Uh, Central Goat is a particular one. It's <laughs> a great name. But yeah, thank you all for, for joining us. Um, please do give us a little like and subscribe if you haven't already. Don't worry, we'll remind you at the end if you forget, but a cheeky thumbs up be lovely. And if you do have any questions for us, if you can just pop the letter K before each question just so we know it's a question and we will do our best to star them for the end of the podcast carl let me come back to you and let's talk about the the greatest nation on the planet for producing footballers which we know is france obviously don't at me william saliba we we can talk about the goal (laughs) someone was someone was going to do it weren't they let's be honest (laughs) we we could of course talk about the goal and i will i will let you wax lyrical about that but i want to drill down a little bit into into the performance and and also just a bit about how fast this guy has adapted i mean anybody who who had seen him as i have and 
quite a few people who follow French football have done, not just his Marseille season last year, which is a breakout season, but the fact that he he was a leader at St Etienne and that he's, he's been on the radar for a while. But to step up from Ligue 1 level and from Marseille level straight into the Premier League side, he's walked straight into the first team. He's he's fast becoming undroppable. And let's not forget, he has made a, a mistake in, in the last couple of games. But it's not just the goal, is it? It's the defending, it's the confidence, the poise, the leadership again. He just looks completely at home in this team. What's your overall view? And by all means, if you want to mention the goal, feel free. I think the biggest compliment I can give him is that he doesn't look like a fish out of water. You know, I think playing centre-back is genuinely one of the hardest positions because if a goal goes in you kind of can't hide because the first thing you do is looking at the defence. So you're looking at the defence and the goalkeeper. And I think that the fact that he's coming to the squad and he looks like he's been there for years just says it all. Um, yeah, you know, we can't... Some reason I have to give some sort of negative, but the opposition that we played hasn't been, you know, brilliant. And I guess the real test will come when we play the likes of, you know, Man City's, Liverpool's, um, dare I say it, that other lot down the road. Um, but right now, you can only play what's in front of you. And what's in front of him, he's, you know, he's taking it in his stride. And I think that is the biggest compliment I can give him. For, for me, he, you're right, he's confident. And with all the stuff that's happened in the past, I feel like, I think, do you know what would be good? Um, an all or nothing for this season. I feel like this is our breakout season, but I feel like Arteta may have had a word of him and just said, you know what? Don't even worry about what happens. What happens in the past is done now. You're here to play football. All you've got to do is just come in, play your game and just, you know, just be who you are. And that's what he's doing. And I feel like, <clears throat> you know, you see him on the pitch and he never looks out of place. I, I said this before, I think maybe one or two podcasts ago, is that he's going to make a mistake. It's going to happen. Lo and behold, he scores in that goal against Leicester. But it's how you come back from those mistakes. You know, the team rallied around him. They didn't like... I feel like if it was Manchester United, you would have seen someone like Bruno Fernandes throw his arms up in the air and start stomping the ground. No one did that at Arsenal. Everyone was just like, shit, it is what it is. We carry on, we crack on, and we grab again. And we did. Then we end up scoring another two goals. So, um, for me, you can't dwell on these mistakes. He's young. He's going to make mistakes like everyone. He's bounced back. And like you said, Chris, the, the goal was something of of oh, brilliance. I can't even find the words. When he... It was really funny because he came from like a free kick on the other side. And when the ball came in, it went over the other side to Xhaka. And I thought Xhaka may have that just going to hit it straight across the goal again. And I saw him sort of just pass his sleeve on the, on the end of the on the side of the box. And when Saliba just swung his left foot, I think everyone at the same point, probably watching the game live, would have all shouted out, because I did. I definitely shouted, oh my God. Because one, I couldn't believe the goal. And two, I couldn't believe it was William Saliba. And three, I couldn't believe it was his left foot. So, yeah, it was you just... Sinchenko. <laughs> Sinchenko's celebration, I think for me, was probably the best, almost the second best part of the goal because it was just brilliant because even he was like, what the fuck? <laughs> how did, one, how did you score that? Two, you, like, are you sure? So everything about the goal was just brilliant. And this is what I like now because Arsenal just seemed like a family. Everyone was running over to him and I feel like it's the new celebration when everyone slaps um, the goal scorer on the head, which is absolutely brilliant and I feel like 
Saliba now feels like he's at home and I do hope he does sign that new contract and sign it very, very soon because I'm sure if he doesn't sign it before the end of the season, uh, your favourite website, Chris, GGFN, will definitely be on, oh, Saliba's being touted for a League One return and Saliba's doing this <laughs> and Saliba's doing that. Like, I'm, I'm sure now they're pissed because they can't mention him about a League One uh, a League One return. So, yeah, I do hope he signs a new contract and, like I said, um, Arteta now can't drop him. So it's a case of if and when, you know, he's going to have to rest him at some point. Of course he hasn't. We've got Europa League um, Cup games coming up and we've also got League Cup games coming up. And I'm sure that's a time when, you know, you may see Rob Holding and A another in the middle because Saliba can't play every game. But for now, he just looks like he's, you know, been there for ages and, I hope he goes from strength to strength in this Arsenal um, team because I feel like, Chris, you've obviously seen him play much, much more, but I just feel like he can definitely go on to just be one of our greatest centre-backs. And I know this is three games in, and it's very stupid to say this, probably from the likes of, you know, I'm comparing him to the likes of Tony Adams, I'm comparing him to the likes of Colo Torre, Sol Campbell, those sort of people. And But if he carries on playing like he does, it's just going to go on from strength to strength. He yeah, could be up I'd... there with the rest of our French great centre backs in uh, Galas and Squalachi. I'm actually going. I'm actually going to kick back a little bit here. Um, a couple of people in the chat have mentioned it. I think Anders just said, um, uh, "Let me just find it. I can't find it." I will. I will scroll it. I will scroll it. There you go. You. Yeah, that hasn't one. played against the top six side yet. Please, can we temper the obvious excitement with realism? Um, I disagree. I disagree, and I'll tell you why I disagree. We, we, we as Arsenal fans, we're, we're always we're always very quick to, to jump down our own throats, which is a horrible thought and indeed vision. But, you know, we, we can we not just enjoy it? You know, can we not just actually say we've got one of the most sought after centre backs in European football because that's what he is? There, there is there's talk in France that he might oust Raphael, Raphael Varane from the French squad for the World Cup. Should have been so, anyway, by the way. Well, agreed, yeah. <laughs> but... But I mean, you know, we're not sitting here saying he will be the new Tony Adams. We're not sitting here saying he will be, you know, the world's most perfect centre-back. You know, every centre-back makes a mistake. And yeah, he could play Liverpool and get absolutely roasted and, and we could all think, oh God. But when you look at the profile of the player, you look at what he's had to deal with. He's a, he's a you know, he's a player who, by all accounts, like you said there, Carl, was was on the edge of Arsenal. You know, he could easily have, and indeed over the summer did intimate, I'm not actually sure I want to come back. I don't, I'm not sure I feel loved. And I think the manager deserves a lot of credit for for maybe taking a little bit of a humble approach and actually holding his hands up and going, yeah, I don't regret sending you on loan, but maybe I did slightly rope you in with the wrong crowd and thinking that you might be not quite a fit for me. And, and maybe actually you are. And, and, and he's, he deserves a lot of credit for throwing Saliba in. And I know he had injuries and whatnot at the start of the season, but he could very easily have started with, with White and, and Gabriel and moved. He could have brought Cedric in at right back instead of instead of uh, um, Ben White. So I think, think the manager deserves a lot of credit. And I just think at this point in time, we back our own player. He's got a fantastic song. Something I love about him as well is his personality is coming out the more the games or more the games tick by. You can see that he belongs already and he, he looks comfortable. And he's a player who, 
you know, he's got a very sort of like Gallic, French, almost Henri-esque shrug about him of, yeah, I'm not really going to show my emotions. I remember when he first signed, he was in the crowd at, I think it was at Watford, wasn't it? Mixing with the fans. There, there's a player in there who will, he will be a vocal uh, dressing room leader given time. I think he's just settling in. And when he scored that goal, I mean, he was trying so hard not to go over the top, not to smile too much. And he couldn't help himself. And And I just think that we should be, I think we should be celebrating him and not saying, oh, yeah, but let's hold back a little bit. No, let's enjoy it. And when he makes a mistake, as he did against Leicester, you back him to go again. And and as you said, Carl, we need to get that new contract sorted out because there'll be a lot bigger clubs than those in France that will be looking at him, uh, particularly a couple of teams in Spain and, and maybe a certain team in Germany. So, yeah, I, I think we, we enjoy it. And I'm also quite annoyed that Philippe Claire picked up on the comparison that I had about him being very reminiscent of a young Rio Ferdinand. So I can't use that anymore. Um, but Philippe, if you're listening, I know that you stole that off me. It's fine. We're cool. It's not a problem. Josh, let's move I, on. <laughs> I was going to say, can I just add one bit, um, just to balance yes. the scales? Uh, it was of a course. fluke. He didn't mean to put it in top corner. Oh, no, I, I, I think... <laughs> it was an absolute if, swinger of a hit. Let's put it It that 100% way. was. But, but you know what? Sometimes you've got to... I think when, oh, yeah. when you... T- when you take a swing at 2-0 up in a game you've been utterly dominant in, that's the time to do it, isn't it? Yeah. And, um, you know, I think I think when you're doing that at 0-0 or 1-0 in a tight game, maybe not. Maybe that's not the time. But everything was going for us that game. And the only thing we, we really missed was that Jesus goal standing because that would have been the perfect mm-hmm. cap to a, a very, very good day. Just mentioning Jesus, though, after saying earlier on that we weren't going to go we're going to talk about him every week, John. I do, I do want to just praise him a little bit. Um, he, for me, he had he had a lot of upsides when he signed. He is proving to be, I think, probably better than any of us really expected him to be in terms of the whole package, the leadership. He's part of this this captaincy group. His ability, that, as you, as I think both you and Carl alluded to, that first goal, the strength, his close close control. His body shape, the fact that he—I think he used that comment, didn't he? Where he said, "Like, I'm not a robot here." He—it looks like a good fit. He looks like a player who's just going to enjoy himself. I guess my question to you is: Is—is it—is there a lot of pressure on his shoulders that he can handle? Do you feel like he can handle this pressure a bit of knowing that he is the man? If he's not in that side, we're all going to go, "Ooh." I know like as much as we might like Eddie and any other strikers I mean it, there's a lot of pressure on a player despite how good he started isn't that let's put it this way in terms of pressure there's going to be more pressure on Gabriel Jesus in the World Cup than any Arsenal fan base can put on any player in terms of pressure look how it ruined Neymar in the uh, Brazil World Cup that he will have the entire nations because they want a number nine they know Neymar's not that for them and that's what he's trying to get at the moment i think that's why we're seeing him so hungry he wants that brazil number nine shirt for qatar and he wants to lead them to glory and he will have the weight of an entire nation on him and this isn't just a any old nation it is brazil and they're going to yeah he's i think he can handle the pressure um some may say oh he's you know he's left man city and He's kind of given up on his career to go to Arsenal, but I think it just shows that he's happy to take that level of pressure. Um, and I think he's, he's showing that 
it's giving him he can thrive off it he knows he's got to perform because there's so many things on the line for him what i'd like to um what i'd like actually like to see is how he reacts after the world cup you know he's hit what he needs to do his current goal is uh, is probably what edu and arteta said to him is you're going to get the minutes and if you've got the form you're going to be leading brazil as the number 9 to the world cup and they are always going to go into any world cup wanting to win it so that's a big role and a big responsibility for anyone it'll be interesting to see what happens on the other side of the world cup irrespective of what happens and if he continues to maintain this kind of energy this desire this passion and everything we've seen up until now uh, including pre-season uh, that's my only caveat uh, on his current form but otherwise I'm going to say I'm sitting back and I'm enjoying it because he is exactly what we need right now he is performing way above everything that we imagined he's that kind of perfect hybrid of all the good of Lacazette with all the great of um, Abamyang, but with the dribbling ability of Awobi, uh, or maybe Reese Nelson, or probably Saka. Actually, he's probably you, the closest actual player. But sorry, go on, Chris. I was just going to say, do you know who who he reminds me of? Because I know a lot of people have 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 gone a little bit early and gone, oh, he, he does remind us of a young Henri cutting in, etc. Um, mm. That's a bit a bit too fast for me. But what he does remind me of, and especially in this type of side. Do you remember when we got Eduardo? Yeah, Eduardo is close to it. I don't always remember Eduardo being a dribbler. No, and true. He's got me, that that's, on him. that's the thing. And then that's the same with Ian Wright as well. Is Ian Wright was great with his close control, but it was a different kind of game. You weren't as closely marked, um, mm. I would say, and pitches were different and the speed of the game was different. But yeah, he is that kind of, he is a different player for us. He has mm. got, everything yeah he's got almost every bit of every great striker we've had name one of their great attributes and he's got it mm. yeah good in, good in the air as well which we haven't had for a while no a player no, can, can go to the near post and, and take chances yeah i mean like you i, I agree i think he, he's tr- he's a transformative signing that's the that's the word to use i think transformative it just slightly concerns me about what happens if uh, that's my only concern, and um, we uh, <clears throat> excuse me, may touch on that in a second when we talk about the the strength of the squad. But uh, one other thing I wanted to touch on with regards to the Bournemouth game, uh, I think you mentioned it from the off, Carl. But you've you've been to a lot of games, um, you know, mostly uh, albeit sort of the home home games. You're aware of what the atmosphere is like. But I know we we've already done the Saliba song, and uh, you know we we've had a chuckle at that, and and you said the atmosphere is great. Those away fans, I mean, they were fantastic, weren't they? I know we're always going to see our fans as as, as the best because we're Arsenal fans, of course we're going to. But they really were brilliant, weren't they? And, and it to me, like some of the players who went over to the, the away support at the end of the ground, there's a real bond, isn't there, between this squad and, dare I say, we've got quite a likeable squad. When, when even Granite's getting a song, you know things are going well. I guess my question to you would be, having been there, last season and indeed through the COVID times, do you have a slight concern that when the hiccup comes, which it will, is it a case of, fine, we could ride one iffy result, but if we go two or three games and and we're not playing as well as we are and the sun isn't out and the songs are not quite as, as happy, 
do you have some concern that there are still some fans out there um, that might possibly have Nissans that are, that are looking for us to fail or that are looking for something to, to call us out on and that could create a bit of a toxicity again? Chris, have you ever been on Twitter? <laughs> no, I avoid it. <laughs> we, we, we're top of the league and there's still people moaning about yeah, shit. You know, as much. Do you know what it is? Last season, Chris, remember when we lost to Crystal Palace and the fans, the way fans did not stop singing? Mm. Like, I was at that 3 0 game at uh, Crystal Palace and I was sitting in the Crystal Palace end. Um, and the away fans did not stop singing. We were 3 0 down and they were kept, kept on singing. And I feel like. You know, I mean, that was the beginning of our little pre-season blip, wasn't it? Um, but I feel like there is a feel-good factor within Arsenal. And inevitably, we are going to lose again, you know. Um, I wish we could go unbeaten in this season. But, you know, if we're going to be realistic, it's not going to happen. Again, it'd be lovely if it did. But I feel like now there's more of a positivity around the team, especially with the away fans as well. Like, if we do go away to A, another team and we do end up losing, I don't feel like they're going to get on the back because it just shows how much we've changed. Because do you remember when we lost to Crystal Palace a few seasons ago and they were sing singing to Bellerin, you're not fit to wear the shirt? I mean, mm. I can't see something like that ever happening again, not unless we lose like 9 nil to that lot up the road, which will never happen. But um, I feel like the fans now, they're... You know, like I said, on, at Bournemouth, it was a perfect day. It was... Like I said, the sun was out. Everyone was in a good mood, happy. They, you know, when you go away having five thirty kickoff, you, you already know that they spent half the day in the pub, you know, getting tanked up. So brilliant stuff, absolutely brilliant. And I feel like even if we end up going away to flipping, I don't know, Newcastle or something, I'm, I'm saying that because they're on the TV now, losing one nil, I might have to try me. <laughs> um, oil can't buy oil money doesn't always guarantee games, does it? Anyway. Um, I feel like if we do go away to that someone like Newcastle and we lose, the away fans will still sing because they know that this is just a temporary blip and they know that we will bounce back because we have a better team now and we have a team fit for challenging for that top four. Um, but again, our fans, like every fan within the football sphere, is going to moan about something. They're always going to find something to moan about. So... I just take it with a pinch of salt and those fans are just literally there for attention because if you're if we're top of the league and we won three games out of three, only conceded two goals and people are still moaning, what you're never going to be happy. Like what is what is going to make you happy? What about Arsenal can make you happy? There's no team in the Premier League that has a 100% record apart from Arsenal. Like no team and you're still moaning and the people who are challenging or who are meant to be favourites for the title, Man City and Liverpool, they're way down in 14th and wherever Man City are, I can't remember where they are. So, you know, you've got to be happy. There is a buffer now between us and Manchester United and Liverpool and Man City. So you, you have to be happy about something. You can't just keep moaning. So for me, like I'm going on um, Saturday and I really want that to just be like a positive atmosphere, singing. And well, I know we'll talk about it later, but Fulham are going to be no pushovers. They're not. They're gonna. It's going to be a hard game. But you know what? I want us to go out there, play positively. And I feel like the fact that we will constantly sing, constantly chant people's names, you know, that gives the team. You know, there's, you know, there's such thing about the twelfth man. 
it's I really believe that because if you go out there and you misplace a pass and everyone's going boo or moaning and hissing, that gets on players' backs. If you go out there and the, your fans are singing your name and they're clapping you and they're clapping a pass, you know, you're going to feel positive. You're going to play a bit better. So that's just my opinion anyway. Yeah. And you and said you get to see me on Saturday. I mean, what, what more could you want from a Saturday game? I mean... Are you going, Chris? Yeah, going this weekend. Oh, yeah. we'll talk later then. Yeah, me, me, and, me and the Welsh wonder. So, um... And, and for anybody who, who who is not watching this particular podcast and is only listening, this joke will be lost on you, unfortunately. But um, our thoughts and our prayers go out to this gentleman. Um, I'm sure we all remember him. Hope he's doing well. God bless. Maybe he's locked in that car, potentially. Maybe. Anyway, Josh, uh, coming on to, oh, I guess, kind of a similar subject, but we are in the midst of still in the midst of this transfer window there's been a little bit of development in the last well the last day really in terms of uh, an out and potentially an in which we would be uh, remiss if we didn't cover and Nicola Pepe is off to Nice um, it's all but done he's having his medical tomorrow interesting the information I got last week was there was going to be a uh, buy clause with 22 mil Arsenal have pushed back on that and said they don't want a buying clause on it, which suggests to me main reason for that was because they they wanted or they want to see if he if he tears it up in, in Liga, maybe the valuation will go up a touch. But with one year left, I think they're I think they're pushing it to be fair, but we shall see. And I, I do think he'll he'll do well in, in Nice. I think it's the move that we all we all sort of thought would happen and probably is needed. And there's there's further rumblings about Yuri Tielemans this evening. A couple of fairly well placed journalists have have uh, come out this evening and, and said that the, the deal is still very much there and bubbling away. And Arsenal are just trying to get the fee down. What's your take on both deals? And are you still are you still thinking? Because we've had a few people ask us about Neto as well and this elusive wide player. Do you feel like the Pepe going out opens the door to that? And do you still feel like there's room for a Tielemans? Because I still think we need a striker. So where where's your thoughts on where we are at the moment? Yeah, I think there's certainly room for another wide player. Um, I would say irrespective of Pepe, if we're able to shift Pepe or not, he's clearly not what we need um, without saying anything about his ability or what he has delivered. He's just not what we need. Uh, and it'll be a good signing for Nice. Uh, he gets to link up with Aaron Ramsey again. Uh, I'm sure he'll enjoy that. Um, then otherwise, I think, yeah, there's been maybe a bit of a smart move taking out that 22 million buy clause. Um, we've seen um, uproar, we would say, from the uh, accountant side of Arsenal Twitter, um, not Swiss Ramble, but everybody else who uh, dabbles in it uh, with Mavropanos and Gwenduzi. You know, Gwenduzi, who was apparently a £50 million player one week and a £2 million player the other week, uh, depending on his performances um, or if he'd fallen out with the, the manager uh, that week. Uh, yeah, that we potentially let them go a little bit too cheaply. I think Mavropanos was £3 million, uh, £8 million, was it for Gwenduzi? Marseille ten, paid in the end ten. ten if it all if it all kicks together, yeah, appearances yeah. and everything. So it's again a fee that you, people would argue one way or the other we should have done better. Again, Mavropanos 
there was talks of her, you know, Stuttgart just eventually just flipping him straight away out to uh, West Ham for 40 million and uh, <laughs> everybody to tore their hair out. But so I think that's one of the smart things you've seen that there is potential value in here. We don't know um, what this season will look for clubs on the continent, as you can, people are rightly noting is that the Super League does exist. It is currently going out and spending 70 million euros on Alexander Isak or uh, 40 million on uh, Lucas Paqueta. Um, <laughs> there is money out there. It's just only in the Premier League right now. And what we're going to hope for, I assume, is that some of that money is going to go into the coffers of these um, European sides and they're going to start spending it as well. Um, and stop buying some of our players from us. Um, you could see with uh, Bayern immediately spent the money they got for Lewandowski on, uh, was it Delict they picked up from Juve? Yeah. yeah. Um, so again, you can see that the money is slowly getting back into these European sides. Um, and maybe it's safe to say if he has another um, another season like he did at Lille, which made us pay, not made us, but encourage us to spend seventy-two million pounds on him. Then we could rightly ask for more than twenty-two, um, potentially. I'm so sure we can with yeah. a year left. I'm not sure we can, but I, I get the point. Yeah, 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 yeah. We'll see what can happen at that point. Um, and then, as for Yuri Tielemans coming in, I think it was always the case. You could see that he own if we were fully committed that he only wanted to be. Uh, going to Arsenal, which there were rumblings about him wanting to go to United, rumblings about going to Spurs. Neither of those have come to fruition. Um, so it's clear that he's only really got his heart set on probably one club. And we know how much in disarray Leicester are. I mean, they haven't replaced Schmeichel. They've just called their second goalkeeper to their first choice. It shows you what kind of problems they're in right now financially. Um Maybe not, depending on how much money uh, Chelsea throw at them for Fafana. Yeah, but, 85 apparently is what they're going to pay. Yeah. Mm. I think there's. it's still a case of we can just sit and we can do this on the 31st of January. Sorry, mm. January, August. We can just yeah, sit do there it. and do this. <laughs> but to be honest, I wouldn't be against it even turning the screw even more. Looking at where we're at right now and how actually short this season the first half of the season is just go and find we'll come for you in January then mm. and we'll pick Tielemans up in January after he's probably ruined the dressing room in Leicester because he doesn't want to be there doing just about enough to get into the Belgian side which I think he'd probably get into anyway uh, for the World Cup squad even if he wasn't playing regularly um, and yeah I think this is where we're kind of seeing that smart recruitment some of us would have blinked already and gone oh yeah, fuck it, 40 million. Uh, and then we would have got him. But if we can get him for 15, 20, maybe this is what they're kind of asking for. Wouldn't you just sit back, bearing in mind how we're playing right now? I, I think I think I would. The, the only thing I can't quite get my head around is that we, we've we clearly, I think a few supporters have, have said, I know, I know it's crossed my mind, Jack is arguably playing the best football of his career, certainly with us at the moment. Mm. Whether you, you know, whether you like him or you don't, whether you respect him or you don't, whatever. That's that's by the by. He's, he's clearly playing very well right now. So I was about to say the same. If if anything happens to either of those, or indeed you just choose that you want to rest them, 
I think my only concern right right now would be that you're you're then only looking at El Nene and 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 Sambi. Now that that's not a problem because we kept El Nene for a reason. You know, we didn't just keep him to be cheeky chappy behind the scenes. He's obviously going to play some minutes, but I do feel like if you if you can bring in a, a Tielemans for one of those two now, it would probably make sense to do it now if the deal is on the table. I do agree with you that 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 Leicester are clearly playing hardball to try and get the money up. Mm. But my slight concern with them is if they get 85 for Fofana, they could well turn around to us and say, well, we don't we don't actually need the money now. We'll keep the player. So I do feel like if, if we want to get the deal done, I mean, obviously there's stuff going on behind in the background, mm. that somebody said to me, a chap I know who's a Leicester fan, said that they're trying to get Ainsley make the Niles as part of the deal. That would mm. make sense because mm. they would bolster their squad and it's a player we clearly have no intention of playing anywhere. So that would make sense. But it I don't know. I, I just, we haven't been linked with any other central midfielders, have we? That That's the bit I can't, that's where I do agree with you. I feel like that deal is, must be on the table because mm. we're being linked with wingers and, and potentially strikers. I think Arteta used the term firepower, didn't he, after the form of yeah. game? I'd add which, a, I'd probably add a third name into um, the backups to Partey especially because we've spoken about El Nenny being there. I'd say there's someone in the current squad and currently in the starting 11, who especially if Tommy Asu comes back, is prime at playing in that position. Thomas Partey, and that's Ben White. Ben White, yeah. As well. yeah, yeah he is that other option. Did it for Leeds. Mm-hmm. Uh, started the only season at Brighton that he played uh, a full season at, uh, in that position next to Basuma at the time. So again, has got that experience and you can see with what we're kind of doing right now and the way we're inverting those fullbacks, he's sitting next to Thomas Partey already. Mm. So there's not True. a huge leap away to say that he could be sitting there and Tommy Arsu's to his right. Or um, Zinchenko for that matter. Yeah, and the same for Zinchenko. I think I see Zinchenko and Xhaka. That's quite interchangeable as well. Mm. Yeah. Um, my wonder is actually on kind of left back is there someone for the future we could pick up who is closer to Zinchenko than Tierney is Um, because I think we've got Tavares who I assume come back and take up that kind of um, should we say Trent Alexander-Arnold school of uh, defensive fullback uh, (laughs) role that we've got Um, yeah so I think that's where we've got those options i think we've got plenty that we can mix around in that kind of back uh six or so mm. but it is wingers and fundamentally we had an issue last season that i think we would have got top four if we scored more goals i don't think it was yeah. too much of an issue in terms of yeah it was annoying that we lost because of some scrappy goals defensively but if you've got the firepower up top it doesn't matter mm. there's a lot of those games you can just get through um, just ask, ask PSG good... about that. Just outscore yeah. your opposition and all, all attack, no no defense vibes. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Uh, and just keep throwing on creative players, and you can see that's what we've gone after. Is we've brought in loads of creativity, and we just need, I think, someone else with that killer instinct. Mm. Um, whether yeah. or not that's Pedro Neto, that's an interesting one for me. Um, <laughs> I feel like that's an exciting one, but I, yeah. it reminds me of Diego Jota's move to Liverpool. That's what it reminds me of, mm. of that opportunistic signing of a player that you know is going to be very, very good and may not 
you know, may not get first team start straight away this season, but within a few months will be playing his way into the first team. Um, the money for that though seems seems quite high, but then he is a George Mendes client, so Edu, etc. Um yeah. just on the subject of transfers, actually, just before we do move on, just just a brief one, Carl. Do you have any concerns about the role that Emil Smith Rowe is going to play in this this squad at the moment? Because you know, he's not getting in at the moment purely because the, the team are what it is. You know, you wouldn't change a winning team, etc. Although we may touch on that with the Fulham bit in a second. But do you have any concerns about his role moving forwards in that he's starting to become that guy who can play three or four different positions but isn't potentially going to be first choice in any of them? Um, no, because going forward, I just think we've got a lot more games to play this season. Will he get in in will he get in, in the league games? Probably not. He won't be a starter. Will he be a starter for Europa League games? 100%. Will he be a starter for League Cup games and FA Cup games? 100%. So it's not like he's going to get games. Not, sorry, not going to get games. He's going to come on a sub almost probably every game because it's just now five subs. And he's guaranteed at least six games um, in the Europa League. So no, not really. I'm not worried because, like I said, last season, maybe because we had no European football. So... You know, like I said, we was playing one game a week. But I feel like this season, there's an opportunity for people who want games to go out there and get it. Because I'm hoping that, you know, Arteta's not going to play the first 11 against FC, whoever we we get um, we play. Um, you know, that's the time to rest Gabriel Jesus, rest Saliba, rest Granite Xhaka, Thomas Partey, those sort of players. And, you know, the likes... Oh yeah, the likes of Lukonga can come in. The likes of El Nene maybe can play. Um, the likes of Vieira, Eddie and Ketia, you know, those people will come in and they get games. And I'm sure smart amending you and I, you know, Artes has probably said to these people, You're gonna get games, just wait. Just mm-hmm. hold on to the Europa League starts and League Cup starts, and you know, you'll be playing games. You will come off the bench and make a difference. We are now allowed five subs. Not just yeah, three. So I don't have to I don't have to be so careful with my substitutions. You know, I can throw you on in a sixtieth minute and still have four subs left, you know, to mix it up. So at mm. the moment we're playing well, but there's gonna be a time where we're gonna need to change the game. You know, at the moment we're playing well, we don't need to, we've dictated the game. If there's a time when we're two nil down or one nil down and we need more firepower, we need more attacking players, then yeah, you know, Emil Smith Road may get a be thrown on Eddie Nketiah maybe thrown on Vieira maybe thrown on all these players so um, at the moment I'm not really worried about you know players knocking on Arteta's door talking about game time Hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fair point. Yeah, and uh, and and Emil's got to stay fit first and foremost, doesn't he? That's that's the key thing for him. He's got to develop that. Uh, he's got to. He's all, it feels like he's growing into his body at the moment. And he needs to keep that that Saka level of fitness to be considered a, a sort of a regular first team starter, I guess, at, at this particular point in time. Before we have a look at, we'll have a, a brief, just a brief chat about Fulham in a second, and and uh, and take some questions before we wrap up. I do just want to do. Our, uh, our kind of our new thing, which is our little little glance around the Premier League at just any particular stories. Uh, just the probably the highlight of the the weekend's games um, was the Monday night game where Man United turned into uh, peak 19, 1970s Brazil and decided to actually turn up, which was lovely of them. 
Um, did you see the video of Trent trying to defend? That was quite amusing, hmm. wasn't it? Um, <laughs> we need to narrow down which game that is, to be honest. Um, well, yeah, that is true. Yeah, <laughs> Particularly uh, this I'd like to just continue to raise my flag that says this is the reason why Trent doesn't get into the England side at mm. right back uh, is purely because he cannot defend for Toffee. Um, yeah. or, for, or for Liverpool on that matter. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, uh, the sooner they, um, the sooner that they put him into midfield. To be honest, I think is probably the best for his career. Mm. Um, Which is mad that they haven't done it already. Mm. No. Yeah, especially it, with the limited options they've got right now. Uh, yeah, you, you put James Milner there, play him at right <laughs> back, and uh, put Trent into midfield. But you know what, Klopp is—he's stubborn, um, and he's getting to that. Was it seven years? That um, yeah, seven-year cycle. Got seven mm. years at uh, Dortmund and seven years just coming around at Liverpool, and I, I had a feeling there was um, there was something about the wheels potentially falling off with this Liverpool side. Um, I thought it was actually going to be last season. Shows how much I know with them winning that quadruple. Mm. Um, sorry, um, getting to a final in every competition, um, not winning a quadruple, but yeah. Um, I think Formula knows uh, if you've seen the uh, if seen the tweet as well. There's a little tongue in cheek um, thing as well. Carl, how long does your inhaler last? Seven years. Yeah, it's about actually. You yeah. know what I'm saying? That? I've got it right here. <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah it's, it's about seven years. I must say, about just... seven years before you. Yeah, you're in. If you've got asthma, it just runs out. You can't. can't <laughs> I, that anymore. I find it funny that with Liverpool, just quickly on them, um, that. People were saying that Salah was the, um, the the glue that kept them together, and I always said it was Mane. Mane, Mane yeah, for me is a better player than Salah. Yeah, Salah gets all the highlights because he scores the spectacular goals, and um, you know he, he seems to be the focal point of the team. But Mane was the literal workhorse. He was the one that would hunt balls down and you know get balls back, and he would one that passed because Salah didn't really pass, and Mane was the one. His assist was quite good, and I feel like. The fact that they've lost him, and don't get it wrong, Diaz is an absolutely brilliant player. He is, he's, he's not shit, let's be honest with you. Um, but I feel like Salah was the, sorry, Mane was the one that kept that Liverpool team ticking. And now they've gone. And obviously they thought, okay, we've lost Mane and we can replace him with Diaz. And yeah, Diaz is a very good player, but he's no Mane. And mm. I feel like that, that midfield as well, Liverpool is. Um, he's aging you know you've got a 36 year old James Milner starting games against Man United away seriously like really and Van Dyke. Um, yeah I'm not going to say he's a shit defender he's not but the fact that that first Man United goal the fact that he just stood if that could you imagine if that was an Arsenal defender yeah. we would be going ape shit if that was Mustafi and listen mm -hmm. let's, let's be honest with you he's probably done that in the past um, we would be going ape shit, absolutely ape shit. Like for me, that's that's unforgivable. How do you have a man in the box and you stand there with your arms behind your back and not go to engage him? That's, mm. that's, that's, his, unforgivable. that's his knee injury. That's it's, his it's, knee injury. His form's gone off a cliff, though, hasn't it? Not just in terms of how he reads the game, but I just feel like he he just I doesn't have that presence at the moment. I don't know what it is. But it's a that, um, thing. I think it's. After he did that ACL, after mm. you know, that Pickford tackle, he's just lost half a yard. Half a yard's mm. gone. 
from his game. Mm. And that's enough for a top level, for, especially with how little cover he has. Yeah, yeah that's say. true. And Joe Gomez as to, well. He has to get it right every time. Um, mm. Yeah, and yeah. he's just lost that. He's lost that half yard that they needed to play such an aggressive high line. Um, but they've got Canate. Um, yeah, who yeah, is another great who is French centre back? Yeah, I mean he he is decent. I think I think he's probably the pick of the bunch. When I mean when Van Dyke's fit, obviously he's still one of the best mm. defenders of the world. Clearly, but mm. were, were, were we were impressed with United? I mean, I don't I don't really that they feel like it's a side that could do that last night, and then they'll probably go and lose to Southampton at the weekend. You just can't really. I mean, they're bidding what a hundred million for Anthony, who's a you know, that is he, crazy. He, yeah, all right, but he's a 20 million, 25 max for me type of player. He's done nothing that makes me go, Yeah, he's worth that. I mean, I mean, we say that and we paid 72 million pounds for Pepe. Well, yeah, but, yeah, uh, true. It's <laughs> <laughs> a, a 20 million winger, but at least Pepe uh, had, a, had a you know, a standout yeah. full season in, in Liga. I mean, Anthony's been yeah. decent. Well, the for thing about is, six Ajax, I'll just be looking at thinking okay if you want to sign all your ex-players that's fine mm. but you're going to play top dollar for them mm. like it's just I don't know if it's just funding football or Ajax are just seeing Man United and Ten Hag and think you know what we're going to milk you for everything mm. you've absolutely got mm. and they can hold out and you know they bidded 50 they rejected it 60 rejected it the fact that it's gone up to I the last figures that, yeah I think the last figures I saw was 80 million with mm. like 70 odd up front. Like, what? Yeah. And then Man United yeah. fans have got the cheek to still want Glazers out. They're <laughs> spending money, so what the or, fuck? Like, what do you want or, them to do? Which or Gallagher's as the as the 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 tea or the oh yeah they call them the smell but yeah get, that, get even that's a bit of a joke. So fact that you know you want Glazers out, but what you've asked for, you, they've given to you. Yeah. In, I'm sorry. I know Casemiro is a very good defensive midfielder. He is about sixty million. He's gone for the money, hasn't he? Let's be honest. Oh, of course he has. Like, and you can't blame him at that age. Yeah. Four hundred pounds a week. You flipping yeah. wood, but, um... I mean, they they are literally a an Arteta, Mertesacker, Ben Ayun trolley dash away from being peak eight two <laughs> Arsenal, aren't they? I mean, that they are. That all they need to do now is is just buy another three sort of Harry Maguire, Luke Shaw's, and they are peak. I mean, it. Uh, I don't know. I, the only thing that concerns me about them slightly is that. An inform and, a, and a, a fit and confident Rashford is makes them a different team. That that mobility aspect up front, same with Martial, who people have forgotten is still, you know, he's still a very good player. Let's be honest. I don't think he was ever quite what what he was hoped to be, but he's still very good. And if they can shift the uh, the poisonous Portuguese out out the back door, that that for me is the key. If they get rid of him, that they can push on. If he stays, that dressing room will be toxic for the rest of the season. There's just no doubt about it to me. Um, speaking of toxic, Josh, have you ever have you ever used the have you ever spoken to work and said, look, the truth is the way I travel to work is what affects my performance because that's what Tuchel did um, <laughs> when he, when they went to Leeds and and Edward Mendy had a brain fart and it all went a bit horribly wrong. I mean, I'm no Leeds fan, but it's quite funny to see Chelsea implode, isn't it? It is quite funny. Um, so I'm going to see Leeds up close and personal next weekend whilst you're at the. Uh... I'm sure at the game this weekend I will be mm. I'll be at the Amex watching Leeds. Um that's gonna be interesting because they've got a Carl, you know what picture you've got when you do that, by the <laughs> Every way. Every time it's just like oh. I, don't know, I think it's Danny. Danny, I think yeah, it is. As ABW. It, it is it is Danny in a very good <laughs> I, obviously uh, I didn't put that picture. 
<sighs> yeah, you did. It's from your personal collection. <laughs> it's ever, no. it's ever decreasing sponges. That's uh, <laughs> the series. Um, yeah, I think to be fair, yeah, that Chelsea look an absolute mess. Um, and just, I think any team that looks energised will just, yeah. Um, he was, it was a French journalist that was just perplexed that Mendy won um, goalkeeper of the year. Me too. Like, he, uh, don't get me wrong, his, his story is great. And he, he literally, he, I think he only turned pro at like 24 and he came from the lower leagues. And, and yeah, when he was mm. at, when he was playing in France at Rennes, he, he was a brilliant keeper, but I just don't see what everybody else has seen. Like, he's a very good shot stopper, but yeah, I think he's, he can be very erratic. And that, think that goal's been yeah. coming for a the, while now. The fact that they want Harry Maguire from a... Oh, God. There's talk please. of them wanting Harry Maguire. Yeah. Exactly. Like that. That's what I'm saying. Please. Yeah. Please let that happen. Like, I mean, even... Because- even- Koulibaly, I mean, don't get me wrong, on his day, still a very good centre-back sent off this weekend. They, mm. They've signed him three years probably too late. He's not at his peak now. Is he 31 now? I mean, yeah. and Thiago Silva, that's that's uh, that's pushing mm. it age-wise. But that's it? another trolley dash, isn't it? Like, It seems like, for the first time, I feel like Arsenal have got shit right. Mm. And everybody else around them, is, everybody else around Arsenal thinking, shit, we mm. now need to... Uh, listen... I don't feel Arsenal are title contenders. I, I, re, I honestly don't. But I feel like now people are looking at Arsenal thinking, shit, they've got, they've got their process right. They've bought young players. There's, their defence is sorted. Their midfield is sorted. They've got Gabriel Jesus now. We now need to sort of have a some sort of plan. And Chelsea's plan is non-existent. Like, I, I don't get what Chelsea's plan is. They... Still haven't got a striker, and they're still continuing with with habits up front. And I don't understand how people are not on habits' back because he does not score goals like, no. at all. He's an attacking um, midfielder, isn't he? He's not a forward. Of course he is. I mean, yeah, yeah. Right. They've they got rid of everybody else in that kind of uh, you know Lukaku, Werner, Ziyech still there. Yeah, he's still there at the moment. Still there, but they kind of want to—they want to get rid of him, don't they? Mm. But yeah, but I feel like if Anthony of, goes, if Anthony yeah. goes to Man United, he'll go to Ajax. He'll right? go back to Ajax. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then it just seems so weird that the only reason that Havertz isn't getting that shit is because one, he's significantly younger than the rest of them. What is he? Still only twenty? And the fact <laughs> he scored a goal for them in the Champions League final. Yeah, that's yeah, he's living. It he's That's it. He scored the mm. winning goal in a Champions League final for them. That's it. it doesn't matter. It doesn't have to do anything else. Can continue on this Torres-like career. But the downside is, we all know that Aubameyang will be popping up there shortly, and, and inevitably, you know, See, I don't think home. he will. I don't think I, he will. But Barcelona have to sell, don't they? And and they first, have to sell one of him or Depay. Don't well, they? no. Oh. Apparently, no. This is this is the thing. See, I was just mm. going to say, um, twenty-three. By the way, Havertz, a bit older than we thought, but. Uh, apparently they have to shift two in order to to register uh, Jules Koundé, who, by the way, could walk away for free within the next week if they don't get his contract sorted out. Please, 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 which is hilarious. Um, they they have to shift both. So Depay is halfway to Juventus, although it's talk that, funnily enough, Man United are now interested. Um, and Aubameyang is 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 the next cab off the block. So it, it is honestly like you know if you just put clown masks on these clubs, it's just like who can we buy? It's just it's like jumble sale shit, isn't it? I I can't 
really get my head around it. I've just um, seen, I've just literally seen, uh, uh, I think from Mr. Boblex in the comments, and he just said, "I'm," and I'm quite shocked that no one's coming for him. Rob Holding. Yeah, like, I'm surprised. Yeah, I'm actually really shocked that someone like a Chelsea hasn't said okay. So they've mm. now got Ben White, they've now got Saliba, they've now got Gabriel. Mm. Let's just see if they would sell Rob Holding. And well, he's, you know, I'm, I'm he's, actually quite shocked that no one's coming for him. He's got Villa written all over him now. Diego Carlos is banjaxed. They can reunite him in Callum Chambers, can't they? That, yeah, that, they that. just um, they let um, oh, who's the centre back. Uh, they got Konza and someone else, haven't they? It's also with a K, and one of them's just oh no, maybe it was Wedley House. He's got oh, House alone. here, yeah, Courtney House. Courtney House, yeah, yeah. House has gone out on loan, so they're bringing uh, so someone in, aren't they? Yeah, they'll bring someone in. I don't think it'd be Rob Holding though. I think mm. we named him as one of the guys in the leadership team. You can see how he helped with Turner settling, and to be honest, I don't think he's he's happy to kind of sit and play his role. He knows he's going to get Europa League games. Sure. Enjoys working with Artessa. Obviously loves living in London. Mm. And I think, to be honest, uh, where's his girlfriend playing at the moment? Is she still with Braga? I could not tell you, if I'm honest. I think his missus was at Braga last season. Um, I mean, I'd yeah. keep him, but I just, I I just wonder just, when he's yeah. going to play. <laughs> I thought Newcastle or somewhere like that might come in for Everton. him. But, mm. uh, but again, you're sitting there, we're not we're not trying to get rid of him. We're not actively trying to sell him. No. Would you... Why would he want to go? Yeah. Why would you want to leave to go to any of those teams? Yeah. No, no it's, a, it's a fair point. I guess it's the only... I guess the only reason why maybe he might want to go is to guarantee first-team football. I mean, Rob Holding yeah. would play at, at, at Chelsea 100%. He'd play at um, mm. Aston Villa 100%. He'd West play Ham. West Ham, Newcastle... He'd get games, and you know, with players still, I mean, with Harry um, Maguire out of form, mm. there's still a and Tyson, Tyson, hear me, Tyrone Mings, shit. Mm. You know, the England centre backs are kind of there for the taking. I mean, yeah, you've true. got to be looking at um, Ben White and a another. I mean, you know, Harry Maguire at the moment cannot get into that Man United team and will not get into that Man United team. Um, mm. Tyrone Mings, I'm sorry, how the hell he's a England international, and he's not starting for Villa either. So no. you're now thinking, hmm. Okay, well, we've, you've got you've got Eric Dyer to come in, of course. So that's key going into the World Cup. Um, Jesus Christ! Yeah, <laughs> I think to be honest, even as much as I love Rob Holding, there's two centre back, two English centre backs at Brighton that I think deserve a call up before he does mm. to the England squad in Webster and Dunk. Um, Dunk in particular, yeah. yeah. Dunk will never get an England call up. Yeah. Um, no. He just didn't go through the youth ranks. Um, that's the problem with him. Webster did, um, and that's the one that I think have a look at, seeing what happened there, because I think Chelsea might try and sneak a bid for him. Yeah. Um, although I, I'd rather they didn't, because we've still we've got to do a rescue mission for Kukurea at some point. We've still got seven days of the window to go. Uh, stay tuned to our Twitter feed, by the way, if we do a transfer show, we'll, we'll let you know. Um, one quick question. I'm just going to ask you both for a yes or no answer. Uh, Kieran Trippier, would you send him off? Yes or no? Josh? Yes. Cool. Yes. Full house. Interesting. I've had a lot of people defending it. For me, nah. doesn't matter if you're trying to hurt somebody or not. That's a dangerous tackle. End of story. No attempt to play the ball there. You know exactly Precisely. what he's doing. 
this whole exactly. nonsense of you know he wasn't trying to hurt them like no player goes out trying to hurt no. him but no. he still go out and do it like yeah one of those yeah. things so what he's Kevin trying to Demorina, do is stop the player and Kevin Demorina does his playing. knee ligaments and misses the rest of the season mm. you know like the Van Dyke situation like you know that's his season over isn't it um yeah no I, I agree with you guys um and I like uh, oh, I feel a bit dirty he's an ex-first player but I, I don't mind Trippier as a player I think he's he's a I like Trippier. I think we uh, were in right sign him. The league, but yeah, I agree. But, um, but it's, yeah. Like, it's like I think I tweeted. I can't remember which account I tweeted from. The English tax works wonders. Mm. If that, well, and, and I hate, I hate saying it. And well, you know, what I'm going to say if it was, if it was, like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Let's yeah. face it. No, it was Shaka, and it was against Swansea. Yeah, yes. and also, it and didn't, we didn't, never didn't, saw it again. It was a Shaka tackle against Palace. That was not dissimilar either, was it? A yeah. sort of a, you know, forwards tackle. So yeah. Mm. Yeah, no, I agree with you guys. Um, just quickly, before we take the questions, I did say we'll give a quick nod to Fulham. Like I said, we'll do the preview show. I uh, believe Danny's going to do that on Friday, I want to say. I think it's Friday. Uh, so we'll, we'll cover that in the preview show. But um, I will be going, as I've uh, alluded to earlier on. So um, hopefully I'll be able to catch up with Carl and, and a couple of the gang up there. Uh, if you are going and you see me, please don't throw any abuse at me. I'm just human like you. You can come and say hello, it's fine. But no, in all seriousness, I'm looking forward to it. Momentum is, is obviously key. That, let's hope that we can we can get the win there. The only question I'm going to ask you both, um, and you can answer this in no more than a minute each. Uh, Carl, I'll start with you. Would you be tempted to make any changes at this point? And if so, why? And if not, why? Um, no. And I'm familiarity is brilliant with a football squad and the fact that they know each other at the moment. Um, Fulham don't have many many threats, but they do have that one big threat. And I feel like the the threat is getting the ball into him and, you know, get it onto the side, of, onto his head. Um, I feel like we've got enough to beat Fulham. But the good thing about having a big squad or the squad that we have, that like we can change it if it's not working. You know, we can bring off Ben White, bring on a Tommy Yasu or bring on um, a Kieran Tierney, uh, bolster the midfield, put Eddie up front, bring on uh, A another. So at the moment, they're playing well. And I think there's nobody in the squad that deserves to be dropped. Mm. So I wouldn't want to see that happen. If we end up dropping points against Fulham, God forbid, then maybe look to change it up. But at the moment, no, I'll keep as is. Mm. They, bloody bl- they better bloody not do. It's costing me an arm and a freaking leg to get up there. Uh, <laughs> Josh, um, Bert Leno's coming back. Be nice to see him. Mitrovic versus Saliba, that could be interesting. I-, I have a suspicion they'll try and put Gabriel onto Mitrovic. But they've also got this this uh, defensive midfielder, Paulinho, as well, who who seems to... A lot goes through him. Mm. Would you be tempted to make any changes? Would is there anything that you would look to freshen up or, or change tactically, or would you stick with what we've, what we've got? Um, I probably wouldn't change anything. Looking at how the fixture list kind of lies, I would be looking at anyone that plays on Saturday is probably going to play the United game the weekend after. It's mm. then a case of what do you do for Mi- Villa midweek uh, on the Wednesday. How do we look at rotating some players out for that? Um, is that a but, league game? Tis, isn't it? Yeah. 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 So you would expect yeah. rotation for a midweek game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I'd expect some rotation at that point. Um, and it's how we make sure that those players that are going to rotate in for Villa, how do we give them enough minutes? Um, 
to make sure we're not going in cold because it could be and screams you know uh gerard on the ropes um mm. Yeah, kind of come back kind of thing. We know how that storyline's been written. Callum Chambers um, off his cock in the ninety third minute. Yeah, 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 yeah. It, do, it does have a whiff of of yeah because because Villa have looked really pretty rough, haven't they? This so far this season, they beat Bolton four one last night, and they were still shite. <laughs> I mean, Fulham lost to Crawley two 0 last night. Um, yeah, true. And by the way, that be it. Ten changes if, in this right. <laughs> If you haven't, I, I I don't watch as much EFL as I probably should. I will confess um, that Bolton keeper, good lord, I've seen some bad keepers in my time. That guy was hideous. I think he was called Dixon. Something. Is it Joel Dixon? He was so bad. So oh, so it's bad. Not, um, not UC's son anymore. Uh, no, it was, not, uh, well, it was the Yaskalainen. It could have been their rotation keeper, like the second choice or something, but he was so bad. I mean, he gave away a penalty, which was just moronic, and then he left his near post wide open and uh, didn't he? Dixon. Just went, oh, yeah, lovely. I'll pop that in there. And he was so bad. Anyway, I digress. Um, yeah, for the record, I'm with you guys. I think I'd keep it as it is for, for uh, assuming there are no injuries, of course. We'll get our, t- our testers update in the next 24 hours, I would imagine. But assuming there's no injuries or niggles, uh, I think I'd be tempted to keep it the same. At the very worst, maybe rotate one of the front three. But the way Martinelli's playing, you can't leave him out. Odegaard picks himself. And, and uh, you know, Saka hasn't found his, his best form yet, but this is the type of game that he could well have some joy in. So we shall see. Uh, so that is Saturday upcoming. As I say, we'll be doing the preview show for that one. We've got the Europa League draw, I believe, is tomorrow. So we will find out God knows where we're heading this year. But uh, that'll be something to... Friday. Oh, is it Friday? Friday. Sorry, Friday. Yeah. Oh, Sorry, it's Wednesday, isn't it? I think it's Thursday. Yeah, Friday. So basically before the weekend, we'll know who our Europa League opponents are. And that competition comes around pretty quick. I think it's in like a fortnight's time we get underway with uh, God bless BT Sports uh, coverage of Thursday Night Football. Can't wait for that. Anywho, we shall um, round off the podcast this evening, as always, with a couple of questions. Uh, Carl, I will hand over to you. We will answer these all in a couple of minutes max between us. Okie dokie. Let's go up to see, because over the professional Carl Ruggeris. Um, <laughs> Pete Colson says, um, I'm terrified that we will lose Saliba. Uh, how much damage was done of the mismanagement of him? I fear we have trained up a generational talent for a cash-rich team. Uh, Chris, what would you say to that? Mm. Is that a statement or a question? I, I, um, all I would say, Pete, is I would, I would imagine, and, and I'm fairly confident that we are already in his ear about a new contract. I think, I think it would have been rather silly of us to have gone in quite heavy with the contract offer in the summer before he started playing a game. Because if you're Saliba, you've had a brilliant season at Marseille, the French Young Player of the Year. Your stock is really high. You're you're on the verge of greatness, um, but you're going back to a club who you have no idea if they have any intention to play you or not. So I think the nod of faith to him in the first team will probably change his mind. But equally, if he's a sensible young man, I'm sure his agent is, if they've got any sense, they'll probably say, yeah, things are going great right now. We're loving life, but let's just see where we are kind of Christmas time. We'll see where we go from there. The ball's in, in his court right now, which is dangerous for us. But I, I think there's enough there to suggest that we'll get this done. Um, but we do have another contract that we also need to worry about in the form of Saka as well. So I wouldn't be terrified, Pete, but I would be concerned 
if a Bayern Munich or a Real Madrid happen to come sniffing uh, and his form continues. But I wouldn't be terrified at this point. I understand. Uh, question for you, Josh, uh, from Procrastinating Womble, and he asks, um, do you think Martellini will be the next Jesus? Ooh. Um, no. I think he'll be different. Uh, and I think he might have a higher ceiling. I think he's got the point where he would be taking the starting role at a team like Manchester City. I think that's where he's kind of going in his projections. Um, yeah, he is special. Um, so, yeah, I would say no. I think he could be even better. And I agree with that. I think this is his season, Martinelli. I really do. Like, everything I've seen about him, he's, he looks bigger, he looks faster, he looks stronger. He's re interviews really well. He's got his head screwed on, very family orientated, just wants to do the best for his career. I think his I think his potential's limitless if, if he stays injury free and keeps going. In fact, people talk about Saka. Uh, I might worry more about losing a Martinelli to a Man City than I do Saka personally, but we shall see. But yeah, I think he's he's been really good so far this season. Interesting. Um Chris, this is questions for you specifically. Uh, it's from Hatumi. He says, question for Chris, what is happening with Marseille? Why is Tudor not starting Payet? <laughs> uh, well, Marseille are the classic um, dumpster fire team of France. They um, Nothing is ever straightforward at the Velodrome. They are, uh, yeah, their fans are extremely passionate. They're not to be messed with. They do have a history, ask England fans from the World Cup. And they don't suffer fools gladly. Igor Tudor's come in, having taken over from a, an equally uh, nuts coach in San Paoli. And all is not particularly well there. Bamba Dieng is another one who's trying to leave because he's not happy with his game time. Dimitri Payet is, is an immensely talented footballer, but he does have that Ronaldo element of him in that he's very divisive. He's a bit of a snake in the dressing room as West Ham fans. And... Yeah, he, he's he's been deemed by Tudor as, as not fit and sharp enough to start games right now. And it's hard to disagree because he has often had a few issues with the pies. Uh, not the pie, but literally the pies. Um, but yeah, and he's 30, I think he's 33 now, 33, 34. He's getting up there. Um, as for Marseille, though, yeah, this, this season will go one of two ways. It will either end up in a massive bin fire or they will fluke their way into the Champions League and finish second behind PSG, who are already way out in front in, in, in the league. So, um, yeah, I, I don't exactly know what's going on there, but I will say that Igor Tudor has, um, he's made a rod for his own back if it doesn't go well, we'll put it that way. Um, question for you, Josh, from Demsec. He says, is there a place for a tall, for old tall star striker? Yeah. Oh, I was going to go straight in with yes. But you know what I could see happening? And uh, some people might know where I'm going with this now. Is the go. old stick Gerard Piquet up at the uh, <laughs> up front when Barcelona are trying to find a goal in the 90th minute? And it could be one of Gabriel or Saliba. And to be honest, we are kind of playing with three centre backs at the moment right now. And it could be more of a case of actually, if we do need to just put a head on a stick up top, then we know, well, Gabriel was the top scoring defender last season. Uh, for centre-backs easily could be an option for yeah. us to go all right Gabriel you go up there 
Saliba and White hold fort uh, whilst we push for the goal that we need. So I think it might be more of a, a roaming centre-back will uh, fulfil that role if we ever need to, a few heads on the stick. Mm-hmm. Okay, I still think there's... I still want a tall-star striker and I think there is room for one. Whether they get game time, who knows? I feel like someone who... Do you know who something like a mirror stuff closer? You know, someone who you know you're not going to get in the game time, but we're going to throw you one at some point. Um, who's happy just to be second string, maybe even the third string? Jovic would have ticked that box before he went to Fiorentina. We missed out on that one. I think, um, Arkadius Milik, fun enough, is another one who wasn't particularly happy mm. at Marseille. Is off to Juventus by the sounds of it. There are there are strikers out there. Just please don't make it Morata because I don't think I could deal with that. I think there's a lot of them though that of those big tall strikers that are still out there. A lot of them still think they're getting into their World Cup squads. Mm, yeah. Um, there's not many out there of the requisite quality that we'd want that mm. aren't going into a World Cup year wanting to get into their World Cup squads. So we're not going to get them this side of um, January. To oh, be honest. I'm- I wouldn't have minded us sort of, you know, uh, Calvert-Lewin was never a goer for me, but I wouldn't have minded us going for a Premier League ready centre forward. I just don't know who it would have been. Chris Wood is the only one that I can think (laughs) of that fits that mould and will be available once Isak's signed. Or whoever they, yeah. Yeah. And apparently West Ham are after um, Lucas Paqueta now, which is also made me very upset this evening. But yeah, uh, I digress. Speaking of which, actually, Carl, I'm just going to jump in very quickly. Pete Coulson asked a second question I just noticed in the chat as well. And he mentioned about uh, Neto and Tiedemans we've already covered. But he he did mention the um, the forbidden word, Husam Awar. (laughs) <laughs> who's um who's apparently going to be going to Nottingham Forest. I was going to say, sure. yeah, it's going Forest, isn't he? Yeah, but there is some Where late interest Forrest from... Where fucking money from? Seriously. I'm down the back of the sofa. There, there is there is some interest coming in late from two other unnamed Premier League clubs, apparently. Uh, but yeah, it seems like Forest have, have got the jump on it. Um, one of them is rumoured to be Everton, which would be interesting. But yeah, uh, unfortunately, how, how it's fallen. And he's still only, I think, 25, 26... He's just uh, another money job, isn't it? And this is what happens when you have a really bad season. He had a really poor season last Mm. year. I I think arguably our chance to sign him was last summer if he didn't come in then. And he basically just spent the season sort of miserable at Leon and and his form went off a cliff. So that's what happens, unfortunately. Mm -hmm. And we ended up with Odegaard. So uh, I mean, uh, exactly. Yeah. yeah. I I think we'd all rather where we fit in that, uh, sit in that. I can also answer. Avon's question as well, if if you want, which is a quick one. Um, Go on, following Balogun, um, he Avon asked whether he's getting much coverage in France. Lots, lots. Three and three games. He's uh, albeit one of them was a penalty. Uh, the one he got at the weekend was a bit of a scrambled effort, but he, as I predicted, uh, is getting game time for Rams, and he is going to be. He'll be their focal point. Some people are sort of saying he's a bit Jonathan David-esque in terms of what Leal bought, you know, a player from another league who just went straight to the side. Don't get me wrong, Rams are, are a very mid-table club in France. They're not gonna they're not gonna be potentially up there with the, the biggest and best in, in Liga, but he will he's getting games. They really like him over there. The uh the, the Rams fans are have really taken to him. He's a fan favourite already. He's replaced Hugo Ekatike, who was linked with Newcastle before he went to PSG. And um, yeah, he's, he's, he's enjoying it, he's settled and he's having a good time. And I think that's the sort of loan that is absolutely perfect for him. He'll get goals, he'll get game time. 
he'll develop. He will play in, you know, in that role, sort of a lone striker role. So he'll have to learn that hold up play a little bit more, and, and he'll he'll fill out a little bit in terms of his his uh, link up play to the midfield. Um, yeah, he, he's getting a lot of good coverage, and he's he's well liked in France. So good on Fuller, and let's hope it carries on. Good. Long may it continue. Uh, friend of the pod, Jason Schrader, asks to you, Josh. Uh, is Europa League campaign for us trophy or bust? I think with the signings we're going after for our quote-unquote B team, it looks like we're going for the Europa League title, to be honest. It looks to be set up that way that we've got, unlike some teams, we've got two chances at getting Champions League football. And when you look at who made the final last year, I know what will happen in our year is you know, someone like Atletico, Sevilla, Real Madrid, Barcelona rejuvenated will all drop into Europa League from Champions <laughs> League. <laughs> Liverpool will be there. Man City will be there. Every team. And it will they'll, be, they'll all be there. They'll all be in the Europa League and we'll all get fucked. Um, but seriously, I think there is a real opportunity for us there and it's not mentioned enough how we don't have we need to improve our European pedigree is what I would say as a club of our stature, we should have a better European history than we do. Um, and there are many reasons for it. Um, some related to, uh, the most decorated, uh, European team in England in regarding European trophies, um, getting us banned from the competitions when we probably had one of our best squads, um, all those years ago. Uh, she probably stopped us winning a few European trophies, but um, yeah, I, I think there's an opportunity for us now, and I think we should really be going for it. And you can see the players that we've got in place. We've got a squad, even a B team squad, that should be getting us to easily the semi finals. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I think we've got to be aiming to try and win that competition. Yeah, I think it's. <laughs> It's at the very least latter stages, but yeah, we should absolutely be be pushing for it. Um, and controversial opinion, I would rather win that than finish fourth, personally. I mean, it gets you in anyway, doesn't it, if you mm. win it? But yeah, I would rather us take a piece of silverware and that, you know, that Valencia game where we, we all believed, didn't we? And, and mm. it, you know, obviously it didn't end well, but we, we were all on that train at the end of that season. And I want to feel that again. So yeah, I agree with that. I do agree with that. Same, I concur as well. I think we need to go out for it. I think Josh is really right when he says we need to do improve our European pedigree. Though a club of Arsenal stature should have, yeah. we definitely should have won the um, the Champions League. I can think of two occasions. One would play Barcelona, and that season where we lost to Chelsea, and then they lost oh. to um, um, like they lost to Porto. I Porto, feel like that yeah. was opportunity because we if we beat Chelsea, we would have beaten Porto, like. Yeah, and yeah, we, you know, we would have ruined Jose Marina's legacy because he never would have been the person who he is. is because he never would have gone to Chelsea and he still would have been water. So it is what it is, but um, yeah, I agree. Okay, last question is from Bo Blex, it's from the Discord. He says, With the Saliba song stuck in most of our heads, here's a question How many of our players now have songs? We'll find out on Saturday, I think. I haven't, <laughs> I haven't, I haven't been for long enough, but yeah, I, uh, Cedric got a song. I don't, <laughs> there's quite oh, a few, isn't there? I think, 
think Ramsdale hasn't got one, so he probably needs one soon. That I can think of. He probably has, but that I can think of. I think it doesn't matter anymore, does it? Because the only no. song we've got is Saliba's song. Because I was saying three pod. <laughs> this song, is true. I mean, if you just crowbar a name into a song, like, you know, like, oh, Aaron, 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 Aaron Ramsdale. Is it's still song? a song, isn't it? Like, like you're still singing. Yeah. yeah. Like, the fact that we were singing Granite Xhaka's name and then the whole time that I've, Granite Xhaka's been at Arsenal, I can never, I've never heard that time no. people singing Aaron, uh, sorry, Granite Xhaka's name. So, yeah. congratulations to him. Like, <laughs> Yeah, I, I've never, I've never heard that. And, and of yeah. course, we, we've sung other opposition managers' names in like Vieira's case as well. The Zinchenko one is my personal favourite. I, I actually prefer that over the Saliba one just because it, it just it just goes, doesn't it? it just that Zinchenko. It's just great. Uh, and I'm a big fan of Spanner Palais because I'm old. So, uh, yeah, I like that one. But now I'll be interested. I'll, I'll, be, I'll be really interested to see what the atmosphere is like on, on Saturday. And, um, I don't, yeah, I, I, I mean, obviously if we win, it'll be great. But it, it's that awkward time, isn't it, as well, the five... 30 game whatever it is the knights are uh sadly starting to draw in a little bit so i guess we'll get some under the lights type of feel in the second half in particular so, so basically what i'm hearing chris if we've won three games in a row and you haven't attended any games if we yeah, now I'm lose aware of this. and you've attended I know. then i know yeah I know. i'm trying not to think about it so thanks for that but yeah <laughs> i am fully aware that if i mean well that, that said jace is going as well this so is true for the world. Just one blame Jace. Yeah, I mean, just I mean gonna that... shout at them if they wouldn't lose at half time. You can just yeah. shout at them. I might just so... quietly slip out if it's not going well and just head back home. And <laughs> but yes, uh, uh, I'm staying overnight, so at least I've got somewhere to get my head down if it all goes Pete Tong. <laughs> uh, yeah, there you go. Um, right, I think we will draw it there then because um, we've gone technically 15, maybe 20 minutes longer than we planned to anyway, but uh, good conversation. So well, we thought we'd treat you a little bit. If we can't treat you when things are going well, when can we treat you? But probably back to normal next week with uh, an hour, hour and 15 max. So um, enjoy it while you got it, you freeloading scumbags. But uh, in all seriousness, thank you very much to everybody who has joined us this evening. Lots of familiar names there, a couple of new ones as well. Um, you don't need me to remind you, but you know what I'm going to say. Uh, hit the old subscribe button, uh, pop the old thumbs up on the YouTube video if that is where you are taking us in. We appreciate it. Um, obviously, follow the socials and all that good stuff. Uh, we will be back with the preview show before the Fulham game. I think Danny's just put in our WhatsApp group uh, about doing a show about the draw for the uh, Europa League, which I think he's going to do with John on Friday. So look out for that as well. But that is us done. We've got places to be. We've got food to make. And uh, Josh has got a temperature to find again. So um, we are going to exit stage left. Josh, thank you for coming on. I know you're not feeling the hottest right now. So thank you for being on time and being present for us. Much appreciated. Oh, don't worry. I'm definitely feeling hot now. Um, I am very sweaty. Um, but it's all right it's what a lovely been great image. Back. i know right everybody can enjoy that view um and thought to take them away and hopefully get rid of whatever they saw being carl's picture when he turned his uh webcam off yeah speaking of sweaty balls uh <laughs> carl thank you for uh for coming on tonight mate and i shall uh hopefully see you on saturday yes we'll talk on saturday do you know what the thing is chris you 
Thank you for reminding me. I thought it was a three o'clock game, so I was gearing myself <laughs> up for a three o'clock, but now it's five. I'm going to change it for a couple of plans. So I would arrive at the Emirates like, where the fuck is everyone? Well, where right? is am everyone? I getting, am, am I getting a game? Like, what's going on? So <laughs> just sat on just, your tub. That's just, Weep. yeah, change my plans. But yeah, I'll def- we'll be talking on WhatsApp group, but I'll definitely meet up with you and see what yes. Andrew's doing. And also, yeah, I think Andrew's coming. I think Simon is going to pop by for a bit as well. So uh, I, I, I get into London around about midday and then I've got to cart my bags over to the Wembley area to drop my stuff off and then I'll head back in. So I should be around about two o'clock, all being well. So uh, yeah, look yeah, forward to seeing you. Um, but that is it as we arrange our social plans. That's it for ABW. Thank you so much for joining us. We really appreciate it as ever. Thank you to the chat. Thank you to all the subscribers and all of you who just pop your head in and say hi. We appreciate you. We love you. Keep it Arsenal. We'll speak to you very soon. Take care. And as always, hashtag fuck Ellis. Naturally. As soon as I scored that goal, I was fucking livid. Splendid business. Get down, dog.